0: We are dedicated to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ through all available means with a sole focus of teaching the word, making it plain, sharing it with love. Good morning. Happy uh, Father's Day. Um, I'm happy to be on here this morning. Um, And today I'll be speaking about how sometimes we let our past define All that we are. In other words, who we were, what we've been through, what we've seen, we use that to define everything that we say we are now. But but as Christians, and also as parents, it's important to keep it moving. So I guess when we come back, uh, Sister April, we'll read Philippians 3, 13-14, and Romans 5, 2-5. Thank you.
1: Good morning, Faith Temple. I'll be reading Philippians 3, 13 through 14. I'm reading from the easy to read version. And it says, Brothers and sisters, I know that I I still have a long way to go, but there is one thing I do. I forget what is in the past and try as hard as I can to reach the goal before me. I keep running hard toward the finish line to get the prize That is mine because God has called me through Christ Jesus to life up there in heaven. And the second scriptures I'll be reading comes from Romans 5, 2 through 5. And it reads, through our faith, Christ has brought us into that blessing of God's grace that we now enjoy. And we are very happy because of the hope we have of sharing God's glory. And we are also happy with the troubles we have. Why are we happy with troubles? Because we know that these troubles make us more patient. And this patient is proof that we are strong. And this proof gives us hope. And this hope will never disappoint us. We know this because God has poured out his love to fill our hearts through the Holy Spirit he gave us. May God add a blessing to the readers of his word.
0: Thank you, Sister April. Um, Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for uh, this morning. Thank you so much for allowing us to wake up today to uh, kiss our loved ones. Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to, uh, being able to uh, hear your word this morning, to uh, have our minds on you this morning, to be able to praise you this morning. Lord, thank you so much for uh, allowing uh, that's the ability to to think on you and to thank you for all that you've done Lord you know let me I pray amen good morning good morning so I want to talk about not dwelling on our past by the grace of God we are not only what we have been through, we are not only our past mistakes, nor our past accomplishments. Think on that for a second. I want to read the scripture of Philippians 3 and 13 through 14. This is the amplified version. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet, but one thing I do forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. As beings of our flesh, we tend to get held up on the things of this world. Um, This can create a barrier for our growth. Uh, It could be a stall in our spiritual development. And I want to talk about that today, and how that affects us uh, both individually, but also as parents. So there's there's two things that I want to point out when it comes to dwelling on our past. Now, the one is probably obvious. Probably what what most people thought about not being able to overcome our circumstances, or 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 not being able to forgive ourselves. And move forward from our past transgressions or failures. It's easy to think about the stuff that uh was not pleasant, uh, both while going through and looking back on. It's real easy to, to, to think about those things. But I also want to bring up something else. There's also the trying to relive uh the past or or overextend that 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 nice moment longer than maybe we should. That's also a part of getting stuck in the past. It's a barrier to to growth. It's a barrier to moving forward. Okay. So overcoming our past failures. Uh, So not being able to overcome our our circumstances of past renegotiations, that's that's, that's a big thing. We all make mistakes. Uh, We've all been through something that Uh, we don't necessarily like to look back on. In fact, I I don't think there's anyone on this line. I don't want to say it 100%, but if given five minutes, you couldn't think of one mistake that you made. Whether you want to think on it or not, we can all think of one thing that we we did. We know it was something that we did. Uh, We made a poor decision. And I'm not not just speaking on, on an ignorant type of thing, but we made a poor decision. And because of that, there were things that happened because of us, decision we made. So, yeah, we all have something in our past that we're not so proud of, whether it's a part of our testimony, or if it's skeletons, we don't we don't ever want to see the light of day. Um, there are things that have either happened to us. Like I said, due to uh, circumstances, due to somebody else, or things that we may have brought on. And it could be from ignorance, or it could be from our poor decision-making. We all have them. But these things make us who we are. They are a a part of us. We can't outrun it. We can't hide from it. We can't wipe it from our history. Uh, In fact, this day and age, it's hard to erase it from the internet, right? (laughs) You can't erase it from the internet, it's there. These things exist. And so whether we choose to forget about it or we actually forget about it or not, it's still a part of who we are and how we got here. No matter how much we pray it, we won't remove it from our past. That's not how that works. But for better or for worse, it's, it's, it's our specific journey that got us to where we are today. So there's good news in that. And I kind of mentioned it, but there's good news because we have repentance and we have forgiveness. So the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, as God in the flesh, made it possible for us to receive forgiveness for our sins. His atonement and teachings made it possible for uh, us to repent and to be prepared to enter the kingdom of heaven. Repentance is due to God's grace. He allows for repentance. But I'm going to argue that he actually demands it. He actually demands us to repent. In Romans 2 and 4, and I'm going to read the KJV version, or despises thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of, of God leadeth thee to repentance. So I love the Amplified Version. I'm going to read that to you, and I'm going to dig into it a little further. So you can see where I'm coming from. This is Romans 2 and 4. Or are you so blind as to trifle and presume upon and despise and underestimate the wealth of his kindness and forbearance and long-suffering patience? Are you unmindful or actually ignorant of the fact that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repent? to change your mind and inner man to accept God's will. So I I don't know about you, but I want to make sure I do my best to take God's grace and not take it for granted. Not take it for granted. So repentance is a part of who we are as Christians. It's important for us to understand that that's a part of our growth. Repentance is... Is important for growth. God intends for us to move past something. It's not so much for us to forget it, but he intends for us to know that this is not a stain on our soul. He allows for us to, to have opportunity, but he demands for us to, to utilize repentance. That's important. Now, also because of God's healing, we have forgiveness. Ephesians 4 and 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. In both of these examples, I pointed out that God has done something for us. And by his example, we should also be doing it. But in this specific example, I want to point out that God forgave us. Through Christ, he forgave us. Now, Forgiveness, of course, is an act of compassion, kindness, and mercy. As God gives it, it's it's compassion, it's kindness, it's mercy. But for us, it's also healing. God says to forgive, which is an act of obedience to him. It is when you obey God that the healing process begins. Now, think about that way. God is infallible. He he didn't make a mistake. His forgiveness is an act of compassion and kindness for us. But for us, forgiveness, though we try to use it as just that, as a tool of compassion and kindness for others, it's a a point of healing for us. It's a point of healing. We may not be able to move past that moment without forgiving those who transgress against us. So I want to point those things out. I don't want to dig too deep into what repentance and forgiveness means for each of us. We've all heard it. We've all spoken about it. But I don't want to settle on that. I want to move forward because I want to point out that those things are things that are necessary for us to not just understand what has happened to us, not try to erase what has happened to us, but understand that there are ways that we can move forward. Those should not be barriers for us to uh, fully realize God. They shouldn't be barriers in our spiritual growth. God has provided tools. He has commanded that we use these things, demanded that we use these things. So it's not just an option, but we need to take advantage of repentance. We need to take advantage of forgiveness. There's things that we have to take care of Inwardly, before we can move forward, and those are tools to to do that. But these things, I want to make sure I point out that these things are are focusing on things of the past that maybe we're not so proud of, or weren't the most positive things in the world. But I also want to talk about how we get stuck on the past. We get stuck on stuff that could be seen as positive, right? But something that can trap us just as much is resting on our laurels. Have you guys heard that before? Resting on your laurels. And that means that you get lazy or complacent about what you could achieve because you're too busy basking in the memories of former glories. Oof. You get blinded by your accolades or or even your current position, your current level. You're blinded by it. Now, now I'm gonna say something that's gonna probably sound familiar, and I'm gonna see, I'm gonna let you guys connect the dots. You get so caught up by what you have done that you are immobilized from growing beyond it. Now, if you think about what I just spoke about that required repentance and forgiveness, you could say the same exact thing about that. You get so caught up by what you have done or been through that you are immobilized from growing beyond it. That's the purpose of his message. Consider that something positive can have the same effect on you in your spiritual growth as something negative in this particular instance, we're talking about the negative side of what that effect can be. you get stuck now the difference here may be that as opposed to uh, maybe a shame or um Not wanting to remember those specific moments. Uh, There, in this particular situation, may be a form, um, maybe a lack of humility. You think so highly of these material things or these levels that you neglect your spiritual. So, here's a couple ways that that could uh, tie in. So, you forget God's hand in what you're doing. When we get to the point that we've forgotten that God allows us to do all, through him, all things are possible, then we need a full reset. A full reset. All the way back, because you want to consider that that's a basic. It's because of him that we even have breath. And when we forget about his work and what he's done through us, we get caught up on the things that we've Achieved on the things that we've earned, right? We get to the point where we think so highly of the shiny things in our face that we forget that one, it's because of him we're even able to do any of this. But two, we got some, we got some things we got to do. We got some missions to accomplish. So outside of forgetting God's hand, you forget what other work is yet to be done. So when the Jews were released from exile and they were able to return to Jerusalem and they rebuilt the temple, it was 70 years after rebuilding the temple before Nehemiah, he was just a cupbearer for the king. It was Nehemiah who convinced the king that the walls needed to be rebuilt. They were were sitting wide open. They rebuilt their temple, but they were sitting wide open to attack. They were so caught up by the good news that for 70 years, 70 years, they neglected to rebuild the wall. And it wasn't that they forgot. It was more so that they weren't concerned with it. They weren't concerned with it for 70 years. Now, Nehemiah pushed and pushed and got the okay, but it took less than two months to rebuild a wall that had been neglected for 70 years. They were caught up on their laurels, they were caught up on the accolades, caught up on the level that they were at, and forgot basic things. Now, that's an example of getting caught up. Now, it's important to celebrate good things and good news, but we cannot be caught up by the material things that we've gained or the levels that have been conquered. We can't become complacent or or fall off of our responsibilities. These things are positive things that should serve as encouragement and motivation to move. But yet, just like dwelling on um, our past mistakes, these things can catch us up. They can catch us up. You know, um, something else that can happen from achievement. Sometimes when we achieve, we get the idea that we have to do better than what we've done before. So we start to chase the world's idea of success. That's like jumping lanes. You might have done something for so long, and finally, when you feel like you got to a milestone, you got to a point where that specific uh, goal is achieved, we jump lanes and our purpose changes. We can't let that happen. We can't let that happen. Or we get caught up with the, the, the lights and, and, and the fame of what's happened that we get caught up chasing Instagram, Facebook lights. We get caught chasing the world. You get preoccupied with uh, loading up on trophies or, or stocking up on your car collection. But you forget the original reason for doing it. Get blinded by the lights. So sometimes when we achieve, we get the idea that we have to do better. We have to keep aiming for something else that made us feel good. That's not our purpose. Now, one other thing, I want to mention one last thing that can happen when you get caught up with uh, success, but it could be insecurity. You're afraid that you can't do better than what you've already done. So you freeze in the fear of failing. And I know we've spoken about this before, about being qualified. And and that even for for those in high positions, they get stuck by this anxiety of not performing to the level they have to be at or at a higher level than they were before. You cannot be caught. You cannot be stuck from, uh, stuck on the stuff that you've done, on the accolades. Uh, on the great things. You can't get stuck on the things that happened that weren't so great to you. So, let's talk about moving forward. Let's talk about moving forward. For all the the, the amazing things, for all the things that um, happened to us, those are great but we gotta move. For for all the things that um, stop us in our tracks, the the not so positive things, the things that we can't wipe from our past, the things that uh, they may be skeletons or they may be all over the internet. It might be tagged on your front door. We have to keep in mind that whether it be good or bad, those things don't define. Who we are, they may be a part of who we are, but they don't define who we are or whose we are. They don't define where we're going. Let me clarify: they don't have to. If we have our our mindset on what the world thinks of us or wants from us, we get stuck. And the part that I want to make sure I bring to the forefront is that this message is particularly for parents because I've spoken about getting stuck on our qualifications before. But think about the effect and the impact that this has on your parenting and your children's lives. So these things don't disqualify us, and I'll make sure I'm making this clear. They don't disqualify us from being the best parents we can be. (laughs) There's hope for us yet. In Romans 5, 2 through 5, through him, we also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. Let us rejoice in our hope, and the confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power. And not only this, but with joy, let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardship, the distress, the pressure, the trouble, produces patient endurance, and endurance proven character. That's that spiritual maturity. And a proven character, through proven character, hope and confident assurance of eternal salvation. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. So what am I saying? The things we have been through have made us not just who we are, but I would argue better versions of ourselves than having not gone through those things. The hardships, the trials that we've endured, the accolades, the, the levels that we've tried to conquer, all of those things prepare us, whether it be comfortable or uncomfortable, for not just where we are now, but for the future, but to take it out on a bigger scale, not just for ourselves, but for our children. We are smarter, faster, stronger than we were. I feel like it's like out of of a Terminator movie. Well, because we're getting older, we may not be stronger and faster, but in the spirit, we're, we're smarter, we're faster, we're stronger. We're better than we were because we went through these things. We're better than we were for our children. Our trials make us unique. And our unique journey has placed us in a position to, to teach one. Now, I'm taking this out of context, but each one teach one. But I think about that when I think about parenting, because a lot of times it's easier to think about maybe in a particular role or a particular field or a particular uh, um, path to turn around and teach somebody. Maybe you guys have similar backgrounds or whatever else. Each one teach one. But if you think about it, each one of your children or each one of the people you are, are are guarding to or are responsible for it's your responsibility to teach them what you know just like i know duke is over there on the turntables right now picking out his song selection just like that he wouldn't learn it underneath me there's certain skill sets certain things certain gifts that are are bestowed upon us just as we understand that God has bestowed us with those unique gifts, we should also understand that our unique trials have provided us with experiences, uh, perspectives, abilities that are unique to us. And by extension, can be unique to our children's experience. And even though we may see some of those things as bad, think of how much it has allowed us to grow. Or think of how much it has allowed us to guard, protect, educate our children. So let me be clear, and it's really just more good news, but many times the idea is that as a parent we have to be spotless in our children's eyes. We have to be perfect. Not that, let's say we can't make mistakes, but we have to have arrived. I haven't arrived yet. (laughs) I I, I pray to God that there's still so much more grown that has to be done. For much of the healing that I spoke about today, it doesn't have to happen all in that set order. You sin. You repent. You forgive. You heal. You grow. And only then are you ready to be to take on kids, to have kids, to be a parent. No. No, no, it doesn't work like that. And really, I, I don't really even have any set directions for you. There's no cookbook to parenting. I'm sure there if you walk to a bookstore, I'm sure there's a, a parenting for dummies somewhere, but i'm not I'm not subscribing to, uh, to that not until they uh make the special edition dedicated to Josiah and Layla Beday, specifically at the age of four months and five and a half years, I, there's no way that something like that could make me the best parent for them. Given my experience, we are in a constant state of growth, or we should be. We should always be constantly evolving, constantly pivoting. By the grace of God, we're allowed to. He wants that from us. It's necessary, not just as Christians, but as parents of constantly growing children. If Desire remained a baby, <laughs> if he remained four and a half months old for the rest of time and didn't grow and didn't learn, then I wouldn't have to grow and learn for his sake. I may only get better at parenting because I, I, I've been through that before. He did that last week. I know exactly how to handle that next month. But the thing is, he's, he's growing. He's growing at an incredible pace. Incredible rate. He's going to be doing different stuff next month than he did this month. And if I was only prepared for this month, and I only had the tools to take care of him for this month at four months old, I would fail miserably at five months if I was not growing. Fail miserably. As our children grow and learn about themselves and the world, So should we. And I don't just mean understanding them and how they learn about the world, but understanding that to be the best father that Josiah needs at five uh, and Layla at ten, five years down the road, I, I would have to be a different, more spiritually evolved NOSA. In my in my specific paradigm from my perspective that requires a growth within my marriage with my wife a growth towards God uh, not just within myself but within my marriage and as a head of the household uh, that would require understanding my children's other influences the, the world around them the social understanding at that point understanding what I have in my toolbox that I can use to point to them How do I teach them how to love better? How do I teach them how to look at the world? How do I support them in growing in ways that uh, I, at that specific moment, don't even have the tools to teach them? How do I support their learning when I can't, I don't know what to teach them or tell them? Those are all things that we have to tackle, right? If I didn't have my specific experiences, I would have to rely upon a book. That taught me how to teach a John Doe how to do something, and I know that it's going to be different for each person I'm talking to. I'm teaching each child is going to be different from that John Doe. My particular experiences, in combination with, uh, in in our situation, my wife's, and with their particular characteristics that are growing, changing, and their particular uh surroundings. There's a unique situation and a unique dynamic that allows it to grow in a certain particular way. Thank goodness we have guidance. <laughs> Thank goodness we have uh, uh, a template. You have Jesus as a template to, to be more like him. We have our particular experiences, but when we're working towards the same thing, we're moving towards the same thing, how can we fail? How can we fail? So in closing, ultimately, keep it moving. Don't get stuck on the things of the past. By, by God's grace, we have repentance. By God's healing hand, we have the ability to forgive and grow. Not to mention your, your past mistakes and circumstances make you who you are. They're a part of who you are. They don't define who you are. They're a part of who you are now. How you choose to look at those things and where you choose to be headed, turn your head towards, what goals you have in mind, all change your future outcome in combination with your past experiences, right? But those things uniquely provide experiences that strengthen you, but not just your future endeavors, but also uniquely equip you to be the parent of your child, of your child. Remember that we should focus on God as our source, and we should always aim to be more like him, be more like Jesus. In doing so, we are always evolving and maturing in the spirit and not getting stuck in the mud or getting stuck on the shiny things of this world. As parents, in particular fathers, we owe to our children all of who we are and hopes that they're not just better versions of us, but that they're better, or really more so, they're the best versions of themselves. And by God's goodness, we should be thankful that we are never the same. We're always changing. We're always growing. We should always be aiming for that greater glory. Keep moving and happy Father's Day. Thank you very much.